the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray together today. Amen. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and thank you. And Lord, we're just looking forward to spending time with you in your word talking about you, what a blessing it is to be able to do this on radio. It's a a blessing to do it in person. Father, we are a blessed people. So, Lord, let us be thankful today. Let us focus on you, Father, and we know that you will give us what we need to be representing you on a daily basis. We love you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, first, I'd like to wish everybody a Happy New Year. Yep, now that it was the new year. Now, we were a few days late. It was this past Tuesday evening and Wednesday was the beginning of the biblical new year. Exodus 12.1 says, Now Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month will mark the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. And this was the month of Nisan, the, the first of Nisan, which was ushered, uh, ushered in the Passover, which is next week's teaching. <laughs> so we have just started the new year. Uh, make any resolutions? <laughs> well, one of the resolutions you can make is to spend a Passover Seder with us, the second night of Passover. It's a Tuesday night. We have limited seating, so... If you want to uh, sign up, it's for Tuesday, April 11th at 6 p.m. We will supply the food, and we will do the beautiful Seder, which will be so enriching. And uh, if you're interested, call Karen at 813-831-5673, and she'll give you the information, including costs. Uh, But you'll probably need to call her today or tomorrow because we are almost filled up. So that's 813-831-5673. You know, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments today. After our quick review, 
We'll start on number eight. We know that the commandments were found one of the places, Exodus 21 through 17. So commandment one was to recognize God for who he is and what he's done for us. He desires to take us away from slavery and get and, and the slavery of sin. And so the first commandment is about knowing him and what he's done for us. Secondly, uh, second commandment, know God's before him. Third commandment, don't use the name of the Lord in vain, including calling on his name and then behaving in some ways that are disgraceful. You know, that would, okay, let's continue. This is just a review. Fourth commandment, if you want to hear the, the particulars, go to the uh, archives. Fourth commandment is found in Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember Yom Shabbat, the day of the Sabbath, to keep it holy. It's set apart for us having a pleasure and a delight on Shabbat to honor God, but not to seek our own pleasure, to seek God's pleasure. Commandment number five, honor our parents, right? Uh, Number six, do not murder. Uh, The difference between killing and murder? Well, you'll have to listen to last week's program. Uh, But there is a difference, and this is very important when you look at this commandment. Seven, do not commit adultery. Now, look, adultery is the voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who's not their spouse. It's that simple. And regardless of the reason you think that uh, it is okay, it is not. And this is one of God's commandments. The eighth commandment where we start today, do not steal. Now, this is a very interesting commandment uh, because it is the only commandment which would incorporate all of the others. You say, what do I mean by that? Well, if in the first commandment, if we don't know God, we are stealing his identity. Second commandment, if we put other gods before him, we're stealing his ability to receive our full affection. Third commandment, to use his name in vain, we're stealing his honor and respect. Fourth commandment, uh, not celebrating Shabbat, we're stealing the rest day, that the day of rest that he set up for us. Fifth commandment, if we don't honor our parents, we're stealing from them what they deserve. Sixth, well, obviously, is about stealing, so um, we uh, murder it has to do with stealing somebody's life. Uh, seventh commandment is, as we said, adultery. We steal someone's spouse. The ninth commandment has to do with stealing the truth because we've told the lie. And the tenth commandment, we are coveting, so we are stealing, at least in thought and probably in behavior, um, something from our neighbor. There is stealing involved in all these Ten Commandments. We need to keep the Ten Commandments. This means we should not take anything that belongs to another person, obviously, without them consenting. We don't steal people. We don't steal property, you know, which is like what communism would do, taking land. We don't steal intangibles, somebody's good name, somebody's dignity, somebody's trust, somebody's intellectual property. 
somebody's music. We don't plagiarize, right? When it comes to money and things, oftentimes we lose our integrity and we steal. For instance, how many of you have stolen from the government with tax evasion, right? Where you change something just a little bit so you will pay less taxes in a way that you really shouldn't have, right? Or you steal something small from the office. Might have been intentional, might not have been intentional, but it's still, you took it and it didn't belong to you. And I say you, but you know, how many times have I done this too? Uh, How about paying for one movie and going and staying and seeing two movies? Or somebody makes a mistake on a bill and charges you less and you notice it and you don't say anything, right? We can rationalize stealing when we don't think it hurts anybody else. But if Yeshua were sitting right next to us, what would we do? Yeshua is always near us, but oftentimes we shove him off to the side until we're ready for him to return when we're finished stealing or sinning, right? Romans 13, uh, starting with verse 9, says it this way, For the commandments... You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fullness, the the fullness, excuse me, uh, is the fullness of the Torah, is the fullness of the Hebrew Scriptures. The laws, all right? Let's look at commandment number nine. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Well, this could be a lie about your neighbor, either to somebody else or it could even be in court. Now, Proverbs 6 says this in verse 16. Six things Adonai hates, yes, seven are abominations to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, a thief that run to evil, a false witness who spouts lies, and one who stirs up strife among brothers. Now, look, bearing a false witness means you're lying. That's the bottom line, right? And most of these things that God has mentioned in this proverb is having to do with lies. I mean, you know, obviously a lying tongue Hands that shed innocent blood, there's going to be lying involved in that somewhere. Wicked schemes, uh, feet running to evil, false witness, stirring up strife. There's going to be lies in all of these things. Now, each one of these, as I said, has to do with lying, and lying is deceptive. It's deceptive to yourself as well as to others. It's an indication of your heart that is willing to receive evil in it, usually even with small lies. You need to cover them with larger lies and additional lies. Lying steals away from our self-esteem. It eats away at our character. Lying derails justice in order for us to receive something that we did not deserve. If you don't have truth as your central core value, you will be tempted to lie in order to gain something. Think about that. If you don't have 
telling the truth as your central core value, you will be tempted and you will lie. Even when you do, sometimes we lie. So we need to focus on this and and say we will not lie. Most all of societal's evils are based on lies. Even lies for good causes are destructive. So as an example, we can all agree that the air we breathe is very important and needs to remain clean. That's a good thing. However, the amount of lying going on or opinions masquerading as facts is heard all all the time regarding our air. So in society, this is extremely dangerous because we are basing our use of time, our finances, our resources on theories and untruths. It and look, our priorities become distorted. So God is so serious about lying. Psalm 101 verse 7 says, No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who utters lies will endure before my eyes. Now, the consequences of lying is seen all throughout Scripture. Psalm 5, 7, you, meaning God, will destroy those who speak falsehood. A person of bloodshed and deceit, Adonai detests. Or Deuteronomy 19.16, suppose a hostile witness rises up against someone to accuse him of wrongdoing. Then both people who have the dispute will stand before the Lord, before the um, judges in charge at that time. The judges are to investigate thoroughly, and if Indeed, the witness is a false witness and has testified falsely about his brother. Then you are to do to him just as he plotted to do to his brother. So you will purge the evil from your midst. The idea here is that whatever you have lied about, that will happen. To, the, the, the guilt of that will come to you. Hmm, that's sort of like... Uh, and and the verse after, I believe, is, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? Or in Proverbs, a false witness will not go unpunished, and the one who breathes lies will perish. Now, you might think punishment for lying is only about the Hebrew scriptures, you know, the law, the commandments. But check this out in Revelation 21.8, but for the cowardly and faithless, and detestable, and murderers, and sexually immoral, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their lot is in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yuck. Not a very good thing for liars, right? Let's go to the Tenth Commandment. Do not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now, interesting enough, in Commandments 6 through 9, it talks about not doing evils, murder, adultery, stealing, lying. The 10th commandment, coveting, is actually the motivation for doing those four evils. Murder, right? Adultery, stealing, and lying all have their basis in coveting. So do not covet is the only commandments of the last five that really talks about your thought. 
you know, your the process of how you're going to get to something, the, the thing that you're, you're entertaining in your mind. Coveting often is the motivation for doing most evils. It starts with the seed of thought and blossoms into an act of evil. The Hebrew word for coveting is chamad, which means to desire with the inference of wanting to take away so that it can become yours. So envy and lust are bad things, but don't infer that kind of strong action like the word covet. You can see if someone murders, is in adultery, steals, or lies. However, coveting is not something you can see. It's an issue of the heart, which leads to evil behavior. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart diligently, for from it, Flow the springs of life. I believe that when we think about what someone else has that we would love to have, that that can be good or bad, depending on how we use it. However, coveting goes one step further. It goes from your head to your heart, which becomes much closer to creating the behavior. When we covet, we're telling God that we are not satisfied with what we have. We are saying that a good life is defined by what we own rather than a relationship in trusting in the Lord. Luke twelve fifteen says, uh, and this is Yeshua warning. He says, then he said to them, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed because one's life does not consist, consist in the abundance of, of the material goods he possesses. This is a teaching from Yeshua, right? Yeshua said it in Mark 7 a little differently. He continues and he says, It is what comes out of the man that makes the man unholy. For from within, out of the heart of men, come evil intentions, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustfulness, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and make the man unholy. In John three nineteen, it says, Now this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness instead of the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But whoever practices the truth comes to the light so that it may be made known that his deeds have been accomplished in God. So our heart is the indicator of our direction for good or for evil, our direction for Yeshua or not. And the more we allow the light of Yeshua into our lives, darkness and sin will be exposed and we will be able to defeat the enemy, the sin that is trying to make a stronghold in our lives. An example of coveting is Cain wanting the relationship with God that Abel had. However, that desire became negative and sprouted in his heart. Even God tried to help, but Cain did not listen. In Genesis 4, 6, Adonai said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? And then he says this to Cain, If you do well, 
it will lift. But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the doorway. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. The Ten Commandments was another way to warn us about the things that God hates, but also the things that will get us in trouble. So like in Colossians 3, 5, and 6, Therefore, put to death what's earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, for that is idolatry. Because of such things, God's wrath is coming upon the sons of disobedience. At one time, you also walked in these ways when you used to live in these ways, but now set them all aside, anger, rage, malice, slander, and foul language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And after all, you have taken off the old self with its practices and put the new self on that is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So we see these things, and Galatians 5, 19 to 21 also has a checklist of things that, you know, include envy. And so coveting is envy to the next level, so to speak. Now, how are we able to keep the Ten Commandments? Number one, we recognize what they are. We've got to know the Ten Commandments in order to keep them. Secondly, we recognize how we are to think and behave. In other words, we contemplate how to apply the Ten Commandments in our life. Number three, we depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our life, which is what we desire that is godly. So uh, Colossians, excuse me, Colossians 3.13 says, Brothers and sisters, you're called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another. So serving one another is part of the Spirit's work in us. Then in verse 14, for the whole Torah can be summed up in a single saying, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not destroyed by one another. And then it says in verse 16, but I say, walk by the Ruach, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. For the flesh sets its desires against the Ruach, the the Spirit. But the Spirit sets its desire against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you cannot do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so those people who say they're not under the law, that's fine. Be led by the Spirit. The Spirit's going to lead you into stronger laws than even the laws showed. So so really, it's, it's all about being obedient to the Lord. Look, we're out of time today. Uh, we finished the Ten Commandments um, at a certain level. We could go deeper. But next week, we're going to start about Passover, and which... That reminds me, we're closing registration for our Passover Seder probably by Monday or Tuesday. So if you want to come out to our Passover Seder, call today or tomorrow. Our Seder will be Tuesday evening, April the 11th at 6. If you're interested, call Karen at 813-831-5673. She will give you all the information, including the costs. If you would like to celebrate Passover Seder at home, 
Just call Karen. She'll send you one or more Passover Haggadahs, which will allow you to have great insights into Passover, its importance for each believer. They're $5 each or $3, a three for $12. And if you've missed the program, go to Heart of Messiah, catch up, find about what we've said about the Ten Commandments. Look, I pray you are enjoying a wonderful new year, yes, and will grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.